God. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 5. It simply says this. Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. We're going to find out what all of this means as we proceed. But I want to speak to you on this subject, the yonder regions of promise. The yonder regions of promise. God, we thank you and give you praise for your goodness to us, for your precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I thank you for every soul that has come into this place today. People that you love people that you came to save you know where each person is living right now what they're facing and what they need and I pray God in the miraculous way that you do I pray you will take your word and distribute it unto all that are in need today hallelujah hallelujah multiply grace and peace unto your people I pray in Jesus name and everybody said in Jesus name could you say amen with me? Amen. God bless you in the name of the Lord. You may be seated. The Bible describes his promise as being exceeding and precious. The Bible speaks much of his promise and describes that this promise is something that comes directly from God. As a matter of fact, it's a promise that Abraham believed in. It was a promise that Isaac believed in. It was a promise that Israel, or Jacob as we may know him, but his name was changed to Israel. A promise that he believed in and that his sons believed in. And it was this promise that Moses brought to the children of Israel while they were in the land of Egypt to let them know that they were gonna come out of bondage to a land of promise. I want you to know that it's not just a, it's not just a, a, a random thing to speak of his promise and it's not, it's not just some kind of a vague or abstract concept. No, it was a very intentional, deliberate promise from God to his people and it is found all through the scriptures and all of the patriarchs they lived by faith according to this promise. And it was this promise that Jesus said to his disciples that they were to go and tarry in Jerusalem until they be endued with power from on high, which was the promise of the Father. That promise of the Father that he told them to wait for that he told them to tarry in Jerusalem to receive, that promise from the Father is the same promise that Abraham received word of, Isaac and Israel, the sons of Israel, the tribes of Israel, the nation of Israel, the prophets prophesied about it. All of it was directed toward this promise. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is exactly what Peter was referring to when he said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off 
even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exhort them saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. How many know we're living in an untoward generation? A generation that is filled with sin and blasphemy and abomination, a, a generation that's filled with wrath and malice and hatred, a generation that is debauched and degenerative, but, but the scripture tells us that this promise from God is the very thing that's going to save us from this untoward generation. I'm thankful for the promise of God. I'm thankful for the promise of God. And it's a beautiful thing because it's not, it's not just any old promise, it's the promise of God. And it is impossible that God would lie. If it comes out of his mouth, it is true. Anything that comes across the lips of God, it is absolute truth because he is the truth. It is immutable. He is immutable. It is impossible that God could lie. And so we thank God for that. And this is what Abraham believed for. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 9 begins to deal with this, this very fact. It describes Abraham in this great hero of faith collective and sequence. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 9 said that, but verse 8, by faith Abraham when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, he obeyed, he went out, notice this part, not knowing whither he went. Verse 9, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob the heirs with him of the same promise for he looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God and I want you to know ladies and gentlemen that that city that he was looking for we are blessed to be citizens of that city those foundations, those foundations are the apostles of the Lamb and the prophets of God and, the, and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. And, and this city is a city whose builder and maker is God. This is what Jesus was referring to when he said, Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We are blessed to be a part citizens, a part of the city that Abraham spent his life looking for. He was sojourning as in a strange country. It was strange to him, this land of promise. But he lived there by faith in God. And you've got to understand this unique faith relationship that Abraham had with God. It's important that we understand that his relationship with God was by faith and not by law. Abraham was not, he was not justified by the law. He was justified by his faith in God. That's an important thing to consider because when we talk about the law, that is something written in stone. But when we're talking about faith, that's something that is written in the heart. Hallelujah. And Abraham's, Abraham's reliance on God was not 
built upon or based upon a law, but it was based upon his confidence that God is good, that God is right, that God is true. And this is what so, so endeared uh, God to him that he was that full of faith in God. You know, there's a difference between doing something because the law requires it and doing something because it's the right thing to do. If you don't steal because you'll go to jail if you steal, that's one thing. But if you don't steal because whether the law says you can or cannot, you just simply won't defraud your neighbor, that's a different level of integrity. And that's the level of integrity God is looking for. The Bible calls it the perfect law of liberty. It's when you have the liberty to do something, but you choose the righteousness of God instead of what you have the liberty to do. This is why just because our nation may provide things legally, the people of God do not partake in that because it is not of the righteousness of God. I want you to know that that is a life that pleases God. That is a righteousness that pleases God. And that is the faith that Abraham demonstrated. There was no tablet of stone. There was no, there were no 600 plus statutes in the Mosaic law that Abraham had to abide by. He was simply walking by faith in the word and promise of God. He believed that if God said it, that settles it. He believed that if God promised it, it shall be so. And it didn't matter what he faced. God had given him a promise. And it didn't matter how long it took. God had given him a promise. And it didn't matter the doubting and the questioning and even the mistakes or failures. God had given him a promise. And he was going to live according to that promise. Hallelujah. That's the beautiful thing about Abraham. So God tells Abraham, when he tells him to leave his father's house, leave his father's kindred, go to a place that I will show you, a land that I will show you, a city that hath foundations. I'm the builder. I'm the maker. And I don't know how many people God told that to. I don't know. But I know one who obeyed. The Bible doesn't say he said it to anybody else necessarily, so I don't want to presume that he did or suggest that he did. I just know that man had a hard time hearing from God after the fall of Adam and Eve. And so it wasn't uncommon for men not to be able to perceive the things of God. But when Abraham perceived the things of God, it so, so filled God with joy that he almost went overboard in his blessing of Abraham. He just said, my goodness, you hear me and you're obeying me? You hear my word and you're obeying my word? What an amazing thing. I wonder what would happen in our lives if when we heard his word, we would obey his word. What if we, what if we just tried that little formula the Bible gives us of, what if we just tried that formula of not just being hearers of the word, but doers of the word? I wonder what would happen in our lives if we applied the principles of this holy book and let them play out in every decision that we made. I'll tell you what would happen. The blessings of Abraham would come to pass in your life. The Lord said, blessing, I will bless you. 
and I will multiply you and I will multiply your seed. It's going to be as the stars in the heavens innumerable. It's going to be as the sand of the seas innumerable. I'm going to bless those who bless you and I'm going to curse those who curse you. Every place you set your foot, the sole of your foot, if it lands on it, I'm going to give it to you. God began to bless Abraham. Wild blessings, generous blessings, copious blessings, abundant blessings. And, and one of the promises that he made him was this. He said, I'm going to give you a son. And that son is going to be the progenitor of many other sons. And they're going to come in, in rapid succession and there's going to be a mass multiplication and, and, and really that's what we are today we are the children of Abraham okay that, that, that's why we sang the old song in the, in the Sunday school class if you didn't hear it or didn't have the blessing of being in a Sunday school class where they sang it, uh, it this is what it sounded like uh, Father Abraham had many sons had many sons had Father Abraham and I'm one of them and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Right hand. Father Abraham had many sons. I'm not. Left hand. We're going to get you worshiping one way or the other. Right foot. Left foot. We, we didn't know what they were doing, but I walked into the house of God as a teenager coming out of Sunday school class and I couldn't help when I started thinking of the goodness of Jesus and all the blessings of God. They got me worshiping. When you think about how good he is and how much of a blessing he brings to your life. Hey, did you wake up this morning? Are you breathing right now? Are you able to think straight about certain things? You've got a reason to praise him. You've got a reason to wave that hand and wave that foot and stomp that foot. Hallelujah. I am one of them and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. When he told him that his seed would be like the sands of the sea, that was him letting him know that your earthly children are going to be mass multiplied. When he said that your seed is going to be like the stars in the heavens, he was letting him know that there's a spiritual component to this. And that it's not just going to be biological, physically biological children, but it's, it's going to be spiritual children who are grafted in. And that's us. We're not a part of the natural lineage of Abraham, but we are grafted in through Jesus Christ into the same blessings that God gave that man of faith. And we walk by that same faith today, and we live in that same promise today, and we receive bountifully at the hand of God today. And I rebuke negative thinking in Jesus name I rebuke doubtful disputation in Jesus name we are a victorious people we are a blessed people 
Somebody said the other day, they said, well, it would be just my luck. And then they began to describe a, a negative situation. It'd be just my luck that this, this, this would happen. And I stopped him and said, no, no, don't say that. No, don't say that. We, we, that's not us. We, we ought to be surprised. That's what Peter said. He said, think it not strange when you fall into a fiery trial. Because, because we know we're so blessed. He said, but every once in a while, the blessing comes in the form of a fiery trial. So don't think it's strange should you go through a fiery trial. To solve this, this little uh, tendency of unthankfulness in us, it's good every now and then to do as the elders said. Count your blessings. Name them. One by one. Well, how am I going to do that? I only allotted three minutes for prayer today. Well, now that's another issue. Name them one by one. Thank God that I've got shoes upon my feet. Thank God there's a bottle of water I can hydrate myself with. And I know it's a two-edged sword, but thank God I got this. I don't get lost like I used to get lost. Thank God for the technology we have today. Thank God for every single person in this place. Thank God for this building. Thank God for our future. Thank God for our heritage. Thank you for something. Count your blessings. Name them. Thank God for my wife and my children and my grandchildren. Thank him. Count your blessings. I'm glad the sun is shining. I'm glad I didn't have to wear a top coat this morning. I'm glad God has kept me. And in the morning, if I don't rise to see another day on this earth, if God chooses that it is my last day on earth, I'll wake up in glory and I'll thank him again. It's a win-win situation. God, in the name of Jesus, shake off those heavy bands of negativity and doubt and know you are blessed. Abraham, you are blessed and you're going to have a son and he's going to be the father of, of, of mass multitudes and, 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 and your seed, it's going to multiply, 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 multiply. Blessed, you're going to be blessed. So imagine Abraham's human feelings when it just wasn't happening I mean God I thank you for the promise but it's not it, uh, I'm not trying to lack faith and I'm not trying to complain but it's not happening let me tell you something when God gives us a promise he's going to work it to perfection and before it ever manifests itself in visible, tangible form, it's going to be spiritually developed within us first. And Abraham was trying to wait for the visible, tangible manifestation, but God was going to let him wait, 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 wait. Now, now we don't like waiting, but let me tell you about waiting. They that wait upon the Lord... They shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings as eagles. One of the reasons you've never flown like the eagle, soared like the eagle, is you just won't wait on God. But if you wait on him, you shall mount up with wings as eagles. And all of those problems that used to get you down, they'll be beneath you. They'll be under your feet. They'll be somewhere way down low. And you'll be gliding in the atmosphere God. God already intended and always intended for you to, to inhabit. And, and so he waited on the Lord. And as he waited on the Lord, finally, he, in his waiting, he started to, to question God. And the way he questioned God was, Lord, is there a way I can manipulate this? Is there a way I can make this work? For instance, I've got Eleazar. He's a good servant. Maybe you meant I'd have somebody that was like a son. And the Lord said, no, I said I was going to give you a son. But this is, I mean, Eliezer is a good guy, and he's kind of like my kid. Can he just be the promised son, and can we get on with this? And God said, no, don't try to rush what I'm doing in your life. Just trust me and wait on me and walk with me and sojourn in the land of promise and take every step as a step of faith. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. We, 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 walking with God is not a cakewalk. If walking with God is like a cakewalk, it's probably a fake walk. And you don't want a fake walk, you want a faith walk. You want to walk every step by faith in God. I want my steps ordered of the Lord or I don't want to take a step at all. I'm not taking steps that are dictated by my thinking and my manipulation. I want to walk with God and Abraham said, can it just be Eliezer? No. And then infamously, he and Sarah concocted a scheme to, to, for him to lie with Hagar and bring forth Ishmael. And he was trying to force God's hand to, to uh, bring the blessing in a different way. And God said, that's not it either. It's, it's the, the seed is going to come through Sarah. And in Isaac shall your seed be called. When Sarah heard this promise, she was 90 and he was 99 when they get brought forth Isaac. And when she heard the Lord deliver this promise, she laughed. Do you know what the Lord told them to name that child? Isaac, which means laughter. See, God does have a sense of humor. God literally got the last laugh on that one. And I love that name, laughter, because, because you've got Abraham, which is the father of many nations. And then you've got the grandson, Israel, which is a prince who prevails with God and man. And then right in the middle, you got laughter. That's the way it is walking with God. You've got these international, global, powerful, Abrahamic blessing, and you've got Israel, this prince that prevails on a mighty stage, and in the middle of it all, there's joy, and there's happiness, and there's laughter, and there's gentle goodness. And that's the way it works in walking with God. And, and, and when Isaac came into the scene, that's exactly what happened. It brought laughter into a life that was so broken with, with years of waiting and, and, and years of wondering and, and all of the wondering has stopped. His mistakes and failures created tension in the home and tension with his own acceptance of promise. But, but now Isaac is here, laughter is here. So can you, just, can you just kind of wrap your brain around with me this idea that when he got word that God 
was requiring him to offer Isaac as a burnt offering, that it was the most devastating news that he could receive. His name was not Abram at the time. His name was Abraham. He had already experienced a lot with God. He, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, just learning how to live for God. He had much of his life and experience and seasoning behind him. He had accomplished a lot. He had walked by faith. He had done what God commanded. He had done what God asked. And now God requires of him the unthinkable. And it's truly unfathomable to us in a modern context. This story's hard for people even to digest. That God would say, take now thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest. Get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham just does it. He just gets out there and starts walking. Has no idea where he's going. It reminds him of what it was like when he first started walking with God. In Hebrews 11 it said he knew not whither he went. And now Genesis 22 him knowing not whether he went, that was at the very beginning of his walk with God. That's when he left his father's house and his father's kindred. He didn't know where he was going. Now he's been seasoned for a little while, settled for a little while. Got Sarah and Isaac is doing good and life is grand and he's sipping iced tea and he's got his feet propped up and the fire's right and chestnuts are roasting on an open fire and, and everything's nice. He's got it all figured out and settled down and then God comes in with this unreasonable command. Take now your son, the only son whom you love and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of and Abraham just does it. There's no reference to his hesitation. The Bible said by faith he did it. Now I'm gonna tell you, when you live for God by faith, you live for God by faith all the days of your life. There's a reason why God doesn't show us everything as we're walking with God. God didn't show us in regard to this building. He didn't show us this whole pathway. He didn't tell us anything about COVID coming. He didn't tell us anything about the permit situation we were going to have to wrestle through. He didn't give us all the details. And he's not going to give you all the details. He's going to show you where you're going to be. That's his promise. And then he's going to give you the faith to take the first step in that direction. And whatever valley you walk through. I'm going to live for him and whatever mountain you climb over I'm going to live for him and whoever you meet along the way I'm going to live for him but you keep on walking because you're on your way to the fulfillment of every promise of God and I want you to know that every promise he has given unto you it shall come to pass and the accuser of the brethren that has lied to you and told you otherwise God's going to put him to silence if you'll trust in the Lord. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Abraham launched into the yonder regions of promise. He launched into the yonder regions of promise. Now, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, so I know all about the word yonder. I know all about that word. It's not a word we use a lot today, but some of y'all, some of y'all have family and friends that you used it quite a bit. And I remember hearing it more back in the day than I do now. You don't hear people tell you to go down yonder and 
Go up yonder. How many know we're going up yonder, though? Glory to God. Hallelujah. But yonder is just kind of undefined. It's, it's kind of a general term that means over there somewhere. It means out there. So there's no definite term. There's no definite address. There's no exact location. There's no specificity attached to the word yonder. It just means out there, somewhere. And that's what Abraham's life was all about. He knew where he would end up. He knew what it was going to be at the end. Hallelujah. But he had no idea how to get there. He just said, he's never failed me and he'll never fail me now. I trust in him. I don't need your statistics. I trust in him. I don't need your facts and figures. I trust in him. I know what it looks like, but I trust in him. I'm going to tell you, if you start living that way, you'll never regret it. You'll have joy unspeakable and full of glory you will have a peace that surpasses understanding and you'll have a perfect love that will cast out fear doctor's reports will not scare you as much when you get used to the yonder regions of promise because you you understand I'm out there out here in the unknown out here in the uncertain and he just said go to one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. I'm looking around and I see oh, there's a lot of mountains out here. Out here in the yonder regions. But that's not that one. He didn't say anything about that one. And, and all of a sudden he gets to Mount Moriah and God says, here. He stops. Apparently it's here. He looks at the young men that are with him. And he said, you abide here with the livestock. And I and the lad are going to go yonder and worship and come again to you. I love that part come again to you. You see, Isaac, you see my laughter here? You see my promise here? You see the covenant of God manifest in my life? He and I, we're going yonder. I'm not going yonder without promise. I'm not going yonder without laughter. I'm not going yonder without the word of the covenant. If I go yonder, it's coming with me. And I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Abraham knew there's a reason that he did not flinch. He did not hesitate. Hebrews 11, as you keep on reading, the Bible says, by faith when he was tried, Abraham offered Isaac and he accounted that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. He had never seen a resurrection. There's no record of a resurrection. But Abraham understood the resurrection through revelation. The Bible said, from whence also he received him in a figure. And he knew, my life is not my own. And when I live for the Lord, I'm living according to purpose and promise and faith. And because there's a resurrection to be had one day, I'm in that resurrection. Hallelujah. At every point in your life, you will be living out some form of the gospel or another. There will be times you will live out the 
birth of Christ and the life of Christ. And there'll be times you live out the death of Christ and the burial of Christ. And there'll be times you live out the resurrection of Christ. And it'll circle back and it is all for his glory so that others can look in and see the gospel of Jesus Christ. Have you ever wondered why you had to go through that season where you felt like you were dying and then everything went quiet and then you emerged from that season with a new glory and a new power because you were exhibiting the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Don't ever get discouraged with whatever season you are in because this season always circles back around to the resurrection, to the power of his resurrection. I'm preaching to some people who are in the grave today. Hold on and don't ever let go. You're about to come up out of that grave. I'm preaching to some people today who feel smitten and stricken and afflicted. Hold on and don't ever let go. I love the seasons where we're sitting around the room living and laughing. But there are yonder seasons and there are yonder regions where you feel like you're wasting away in hospital rooms, where you feel like money is just pouring out of, of your bags, where you feel like relationships are being tested and strained to the nth degree, where you feel like your mind is on the brink of losing sanity. I want you to know, trust in God. Walk through those yonder regions, and here's the, here's the recipe. I'm gonna give you the formula. I and the lad will go yonder. I'm not going without the lad. I'm not going without the promise. If I go through that dark valley, I'm taking promise with me. It's interlocked with me. God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. God is for me. He is with me. If you need to repent, repent. If you've got sin in your life, lay it down at the altar. Don't you know you're not going to come out of it until you've got to get that sin out of your heart. But if you've repented of that sin and given it to God, then you just hold on and don't ever let go. I and the lad will go yonder. Promise and I are in this together. I may be going through something, but promise is not getting away from my grip. And you know what we're going to do in the yonder regions? He said, I and the lad will go yonder and worship. Didn't say anything about death. Didn't say anything about knife. Didn't say anything about a burnt offering. He said, we're going to worship. Hallelujah. I don't know what you're up against, but I'm going to tell you what you need to do wherever you are. Worship. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I need a witness in the house of God this morning who knows what I'm talking about. That something happens when you step into those yonder regions. There's something about getting alone with God. It begins to make sense of the world around you. I love you, Lord. I love you. I want to sing a sweet, sweet melody. Oh, Shataya Boko. 
it'll make sense of the yonder regions. I don't know how to explain it, but I'm not going into those yonder regions and just wasting the time away. No, I'm going to find a place. I'm going to sit down. I'll sit down in the middle of this service with everybody around me, and I'll say it to him all over again. I love you, Lord. I love you. He'll take me back to when it was just he and I alone in his presence when I was a 10-year-old child and that innocent heart of faith was reaching up to him and he was pouring his anointing upon me. It doesn't matter what's going on in 2023. I'm in the yonder regions and I'm going to worship my God. <laughs> that Syrophoenician woman found herself in the yonder regions. She was somewhere she had never been before. Her daughter was grievously vexed with the devil. She didn't know. She was prior to the promise being distributed among the Gentiles. And she didn't have time to wait for Pentecost to come. She didn't have time to wait for Calvary to come. She had a need and it was right now. And she found herself in the yonder regions prior to Pentecost, prior to Gentiles receiving she came to him and said, have mercy, have mercy. And he didn't even talk to her. I've had people say to me before, I feel like I pray and God's not even hearing me. God's not even responding. And the, the possibility is he, maybe he's not. He, he may not be responding. But we know from this example of this lady that the reason he wasn't responding was not because he was ignoring her. But because what she needed was not mercy. He was leading her into what she needed. And he was letting her, he was letting her wait and go deeper into the yonder region. You're, you're there. You're getting close. Come on. Come on. Have mercy. Not even going to look at you. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. And, and his disciples said, let us, let us just cast her aside. And, 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 and he said, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to send her away? And Jesus looked at them, didn't even look at her and talk to her, looked at them and said, it is not meat to cast the children's bread to dogs. And, 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 and she begins to, you know what she did? When he does all this, she worshiped him. What do you do when you don't feel like God will talk to you? Do you stomp off in protest? Do you backslide? Do you turn to a reprobate mind? Do you go back to your old ways? Do you go back to the stuff that made you miserable? Do you go back into the old sin? Do you go wallow in the mire like the, like the pig in the mire? Or do you do what the Syrophoenician woman did? Because when you're in the yonder regions, you got to worship, worship, worship. Oh, I feel, I feel to tell somebody, you got to worship your way out of some things. You got to worship your way. And I'm going to tell you, that worship, God is not requiring your worship because he's some egomaniac who just wants more worship. Give me more. Give me more. Now, that's not what's happening. The worship, I mean, God doesn't need us, ladies and gentlemen. Worship is a gift from God to us. Worship to him is for us. That's what lifts you. That's what takes your mind up and over the problems and principalities of this world. Worship him. Worship him. Everywhere you go, worship him. 
Everywhere you go, worship him. In the yonder regions, worship him. When it's going good, worship him. When it's going bad, worship him. Find some place and lift your voice. When you don't feel like it, worship him. Be honest with your worship. If you're going through so much pain, you can't bring yourself to say some things. You just, you just open up your mouth and tell him how you feel right now. And I'm going to tell you his closeness will come. His presence will come. And then the things you should be saying, they'll start pouring out of your mouth. Because that peace, hallelujah, is so rich and free. That grace is sufficient. That mercy is everlasting. It is a beautiful experience you'll have with God. Do you know that I was looking for I was looking for a place in the scriptures for reference to a dog in a positive connotation. All of the references to a dog in the scriptures are negative connotations and they have to do with the 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 the, the carnivorous ways of a dog, the scavenger dog. A dog will eat just about anything and and the fact that it'll just it'll eat some of the just the craziest stuff. And, and how many dog lovers we got in the house today? Look at you. Look, you love your little Rover and Grover. and For us, it's Snuggles and Zara. And, and you love your little... And I thought there's got to be something in the Bible that's positive about, about dogs because dogs are a man's best friend besides Jesus. They're so nice. They're so... I mean, when nobody loves you, your dog loves you. When nobody's happy to see you come home, your dog's happy to see you come home. And you may have just got on to the dog and the dog still loves you. There's an unconditional uh, affection that is within a dog. And I, said, I thought that, that can't be by accident. It's got, there's got to be something in the scriptures about this because the scriptures are relevant to everything. And all things were created with purpose. And so I said, there's got to be, God created the dog in that way to somehow demonstrate something of his nature and I just couldn't find it until I did it's worship that word worship means like a dog would lick his master's hand that word worship in the New Testament is, is demonstrated by the affection of a dog and when, when the dog is jumping up at the door and can't wait to get to you. That's worship. When the dog comes and cuddles up with you and doesn't want to be away from you, that's worship. When the dog has that separation anxiety, that's worship. That's what God wants from us. God wants us to say, no, Lord, I don't want to be away from your presence. I want to see you. I want to be with you. I want to be by your side. Let me cuddle up close to you. Let me kneel beside you. What do you want? Where do you want me to go? Hallelujah. I want you to know you've got to learn how to worship. And I don't just mean on Sunday morning we need to do it on Sunday mornings when we walk in this house you leave out there what you need to leave out there because there are people in here that need a touch from God and we need to create an atmosphere of worship if you're here today God has something for you that only he can give but you've got to worship in the yonder regions I'm so thankful for the song we went into. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. That's been my devotional song for many years. To worship you. Hallelujah. 
my king, take joy, my king. That part gets me. Take joy, my king. Take joy, my king. Take joy, my king. Take joy, my king. Take joy. My king, take joy, my king. If I'm in a season of worship, I'll just stay in that place for a little while because it's lifting me up out of doubt. It's lifting me up out of despair. It's lifting me up out of despondency. And even in the yonder regions, I can see the promise of God. Hallelujah. And you don't know why? Because it doesn't matter where promise and I go. We will come again to you. I know how this ends. And it doesn't end with Isaac bleeding on an altar. I know where this ends. And it doesn't end with Isaac on fire on an altar. I know where this ends. And it doesn't end with Isaac up there broken and bloodied and beaten and brutalized. So we're going yonder. Listen, we're going yonder. We're going to step out in faith. We're going to be obedient. We're going to do what God told us to do. But while we're there in the season of uncertainty, while we're there in a place that doesn't make any sense to us, we are going to worship we're going to worship with our heart and our hands and our mouth and our obedience and our consecration any worshipers in the house of God this morning any worshipers in the house of God this morning are there any worshipers in the house of God this morning Because I'm going to tell you, if you go yonder and worship, you'll come again. You'll come again. You'll come again. Come on, I need some worshipers that haven't worshipped him in a little while like you used to worship him. I need some worshipers who are in the yonder regions right now. And you feel the stress and the strain of the yonder regions. The promise is still alive. The promise is still alive. The promise is alive and well. Come on, I need some children of Abraham. Come on, right hand, left hand, right foot, left foot, nod your head. Come on, I need some children of Abraham who know that you're blessed, who know that your life is blessed. You don't understand what you're going through right now, but you will not despair in this season. You're coming again. You're coming again. I'm coming out of this with joy, with healing, with a hope. Come on, you're you're waiting for the beat to start. You're waiting for the music to start. Don't wait for the music to start. The music's right here. The song is right here. Let the worship flow. some honest people today I need some folks in the yonder regions 
in those places of uncertainty where you're not sure how it's going to turn out. I need you to come forward and do what we do in the yonder regions. We worship. We worship. Come on, that's it. That's it. Bring that worship to Him. Come on, that's it. Go yonder and worship and come again. Go yonder and worship and come again. Go yonder and worship and come again.
Oh 